Welcome to Builder Funnel Radio. Here you'll learn about how to grow your home building, remodeling, or contracting business. If you're not growing, you're moving backward. So we want you to always be in growth mode. This podcast has really turned into a movement and community of people who want to grow personally and professionally. Here we bring you some of the best marketing, sales, and business minds in the industry so you can elevate your business. All right, let's dive into the show. Happy clients, more profits, less stress. That's the trifecta of the construction business. We all want that, right? Well, after working and talking with hundreds of builders and remodelers over the past two years, BuildBook has discovered the one common ingredient that determines the success of your construction business, the client experience. Yes, if you drop the ball anywhere in the client experience from the first impression to the final payment, things get super messy super quickly. BuildBook has spent the past several months developing the first-of-its-kind platform that focuses on helping you deliver throughout the client journey the one thing standing between you and achieving the trifecta of construction. It starts with marketing tools to attract the right leads, add in sales tools so you can win the best projects, and finish with project tools that knock your client's socks off. If you're looking for an unfair advantage in your business, this is it. Head on over to buildbook.co now to try it free for yourself. That's buildbook.co. All right, let's get back to the show. Hey guys, welcome back to Builder Funnel Radio. This is episode 113. And today I bring on Tyler and Eddie Campbell and they host the Construction Bros podcast. And they're also going to spend this conversation with me talking about BIM and different modeling technology and strategies. And typically you see this used a lot in the commercial space, but we do talk about different applications, how it could be used in residential and uh, some of the, the advantages. So I enjoyed this conversation. These guys are really sharp and they're also fun guys to hang out with. So I hope you enjoy the conversation here on Builder Funnel Radio. Again, this is episode 113 with Tyler and Eddie Campbell. Hey, Tyler, Eddie, glad to have you guys with me. Hey, man. Good to see you. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, I'm excited for the conversation and we're going to get into some fun stuff. Let's start with some other fun stuff, which is <laughs> how'd you guys get into this mess, the, uh, the whole construction world? <laughs> I love that you define that as mess. <laughs> yeah, you know, it can yeah, be messy, you know, you know yeah. at times. <laughs> Probably every industry says that about them. So like, oh, you know, it's it's tough, it's challenging, it's got all the but but it's also yeah, fun. Sure. So <laughs> everybody's always got it the worst too. Yeah, always. Yeah, yeah. Always. <laughs> <laughs> we have the toughest industry. You just don't yeah. understand. <laughs> Eddie, we're you, you we're here by off. edict, I feel like. <laughs> this was just kind of like what we were going to going to do. I've got kind of a weird path into construction. I, I feel like in some ways, Tyler had a more direct path into construction. I kind of went through the college thing, picked up the all-important history major uh, <laughs> I use every single day. Um, <laughs> Gotta love those. And, yeah. Yeah. I mean, had some plans to go and maybe be a teacher, a coach or whatever. But then after college, had to make money of all things. And, and <laughs> what I, I went to what I knew, which was, you know, growing up working with my dad as a contractor. So when I went looking for a job, it was like, what do, what do I know how to do? Where can I get a job right now? And I went and started tying rebar. And then I took a job as a remodeler. And then, you know, after a couple of years of doing that, ended up with, uh, you know, an interest in construction and kind of locked arms with dad. And we 
got into this company together now 15 and a half years ago for me, 17 years for the company. And I don't know, a lot of water under the bridge now, a lot in the books, but it just feels like this was where I was supposed to be. And, That's cool. Uh, so yeah, now we're here. And I just kind of landed here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I thought that was what I just described. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we both kind of landed in this in a way. Like I feel like there was a time in our lives where we tried to get away from construction, yeah. but it just kind of sucked us back in. Like, oh, we need money. So uh, let's go back into the construction. So, but we've, we've taken a lot of what we've learned along the way and tried to implement it and kind of encouraging people and spreading ideas and doing those things that we love. But for me, I guess, since we're trying to figure out more about ourselves here. So I, uh, yeah, I started working with my dad at a young age, learning carpentry skills and just kind of the basics from him. And uh, then from there, went on, uh, kind of did a small summer apprenticeship with a, with a carpenter when I was like 14 with my parents' permission. I just would like to say it wasn't anything that Not was illegal work. Illegal. Yeah. So I'll just leave that there. So after that, got through school and uh, kind of went into the tech industry in a way, went into uh, retail, uh, selling cell phones of all things, then decided, you know, there are better things to do with my life and went into the family business. And uh, that was about nine years ago now, which is hard to believe. So, yeah. yeah. Sure. What I like about it though, man, is that I don't think I'd still be sitting here. Tyler would still be sitting here if at some point there wasn't kind of a a spark yeah. where we fell in love with building, you know, and that just really resonated with us. It, it is almost kind of a, a little bit of who we are, which is the whole um, generational thing. I guess we'll get to in a minute. We like to talk about it. It just feels like it's in the blood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you say it's in the blood. We were talking before we, we hit record, you guys uh, said it's six generations of uh, builders in the family. So, And one like, moonshiner. Don't get that wrong. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah sorry. <laughs> I, I left that out there. <laughs> <laughs> Who yeah. eventually became a builder. So Six, six verifiable <laughs> generations that we know yeah. uh, had their hands in carpentry. And you know, grandfather was a civil engineer for Messer Construction. It's a pretty large firm now. And dad's been in commercial construction for his career and now here we are and so kind of fun we even did a little toolbox opening of our great-grandfather's tools uh, <laughs> that's cool it's been about a month ago now and just man we love it we love that it's a generational thing it's really cool it, i mean it just connected us back into that that heritage you know and just seeing that our great-grandfather was a builder as well was just i don't know that just that gets you motivated again you know yeah, it sparks something else in you. And sparks like, some pride in there. Yeah, you know, like yeah, great grandpa was a builder too. You know, I want to, I want to be like he was. I want to, I want to build as good as he could. You know, and you know whether we do or not, I, I don't know. I never really saw too much of what he built, but it's still you can you, know, it's, you can go really debate cool. it with him, and uh, you you'd probably <laughs> win that debate. You've probably got the edge right now. Yeah, I feel like we probably do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's super cool. And so what I guess what does the business look like today? What kinds of projects are you guys doing? What what kinds of services are you providing? We predominantly provide BIM and detailing services to the commercial construction industry. So BIM being building information modeling. We put 3D models together of large commercial structures. We're working on a C17 hangar right now. We're working on a Andretti carding and games. We've we've done Anything from medical office buildings to some houses to 
the National Infantry Museum down in Columbus. So it's meandered a little bit, but it centers around doing structural modeling work. That's cool. And so why is that piece so important and so critical to these these types of projects? Well, you think about you know steel structure. I know we've got probably a good number of residential listeners, but steel structures, you know, you don't take a pile of steel out, cut it on site and um, sling it together. I mean, it's got to be prepped. And so that's the detail. You don't just process. wing it. Yeah. <laughs> we've, no, we've literally had that, had that said recently is, ah, oh, we'll just take it out there and we'll, we'll make it fit. We'll just make it fit. And I just cracked yeah. up. I'm like, so all right, get, get the torch <laughs> out, man. Um, I'm going to need it. Yeah. I mean, you, you got to have the bolt holes where they need to go. You've got to have all the connectors, all of the welds, everything specified. And you want to know that a steel building's not going to fall over. That's yeah, kind of that's a, a good thing to know. Yeah. Yeah. You, you walk into a, a steel building, you want to be a little bit confident it's going to stay there. So <laughs> there are people in the background that are seeing to the details and making sure that everything goes together properly. You know, we get into all that. We're not quite engineers, but we speak with engineers. We're not quite hands on directly into fabrication, but we're like right there next to it and get our hands into everything that, that they need to do to build it right. And so even architect- architecture sometimes too. Yeah, it can cross over into that we, sometimes. We see a lot of a lot of design. Yeah. We see a lot of architecture, a lot of engineering pass through the office here. It's um, it's pretty cool to watch the pages flip over, you know, as it were, and and just kind of learn from all of the different normal that's out there because everybody everybody thinks their way is like the way, like they got taught that way, and that's the way that it's supposed to go. Like you know, we and. When you hear all the time, well, I've, I've never done it that way. It's like, you know, you know, maybe you haven't, but when you turn over a hundred projects from a hundred different designers in a year, you learn a lot. Mm-hmm. So a lot of cool things out there and the commercial construction realms where we've kind of played and had fun doing it. And uh, it's, uh, we feel like a valuable part of, of building process, the 3D model, because I mean, if you, if you can figure an ounce of planning is worth a a pound of cure or an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. That's kind of where we're at. We are planning and preventing the project from going the wrong way. We're, we're starting at ground zero and making sure things go right. So if anything, this is, this is kind of an opportunity in 3d to look at something and plan it and make sure that you've got it built virtually before you take it out in the field and build it for real. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's kind of a cool opportunity that, you know, like your great great grandfather probably didn't have that opportunity to you know do stuff like that where you can you know almost design it and build it virtually before it becomes a reality and so what what kinds of tools and kind of technology are you guys using to do this kind of stuff well on the tool end our primary tool is techless structures so it's by Trimble it's an expensive software so i don't know if you're in residential if that would be a very good purchase for you <laughs> i don't know you might be able to make it work We've uh, we've modeled sheds and stuff in it, but it's just a very expensive shed modeling software. But, yeah, it'd be yeah. a little overkill for the sheds. Maybe a little bit overkill. So yeah, we use Tecla Structures, and the other one that we use a lot is Bluebeam, which is a PDF viewer, funny enough, and we love it. It's great for collaborating with people. You can share it out if you know somebody else has a Bluebeam license and both have markups uh, going in the same session. So we use that a lot. Other tools can include things like SketchUp which is a little cheaper. And I, I think if you're in the residential market, you might want to use that a little bit more. 
that's a little more affordable and honestly will do a lot more of what you want to do. And then uh, for visualization, which we've dabbled in a lot, V-Ray or uh, Lumion is another one that we do more for an architectural rendering situation. So yeah, I mean, we get into quite a few things. We don't really use Autodesk all that much. We do dabble over there some with Revit and AutoCAD. Mm -hmm. Only when really forced to, but you know, it's just because we can we can get a lot done with our own tool, and we're very competent at that. So I think there's it's not that we don't trust Autodesk or anything. It's just we're we're used to the to the saw that we use every single day, and we try to use it as much as we can. So yeah, that makes sense. And on some of these you know larger scale commercial projects that you guys are working on, I mean, how long does it take to go through this process of planning and modeling, and you know, getting to a point where you're like, all right. We're ready to to build to execute. Well, when we get a schedule, the standard thing is like we need it yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds so, about right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The funny part is like we stand in between a general contractor and kind of the bones of his building on every project. So you can imagine like if you were gonna frame a building, but you couldn't frame it until every two by was drawn. And like drawn individually, cut to length, so mm-hmm. that you know exactly how many nails go in it and how long the board is. It, but you couldn't start until that was finished. That's kind of our process. Like with the steel, that is exactly how it works. It has to go in, it has to go through approval, and then it has to go into the eyes of the general contractor, the engineer, the architect, and any other players that want to see it, like the owner. And then it comes back, and then we can start fabrication of steel. So we're on the critical path of just about every schedule out there deal is that not all of the projects are created equally. So the C-17 hangar we're working on right now, we've lived with for more than a year trying to just get through that process. Got another building, the Breakers Historic Renovation out in Long Beach, which is another one that's over a year worth of drawing, redrawing, and drawing again. But that building was done in 1928. I think it was 26 or 28. Yeah. So, I mean, this is a long ongoing reno um lots of verification (laughs) oh yeah yeah just trying to put steel up against you know concrete that's been there that long is quite a chore but then we also got some quick quick hitting jobs that you know i mean we had one this morning came through that guy just needed some steel beams cut the length with some holes punched in the top flange for you know some uh wood nailers and that took four hours so it's like four hours to two years and everything in between type of thing. <laughs> so there's a lot of different type, type of construction out there. And, you know, I mean, all of it can benefit. Yeah, for sure. Well, and, and like you mentioned earlier, a lot of our audience is residential. So a lot of, you know, builders, custom builders, remodelers, and, and you're seeing a lot of this design build model, you know, that people are adopting. But I'm curious to get your guys' take is there anything that you're starting to see crossover from like tools and tech or just process on the BIM side that can be applied to residential either the same way or maybe it looks a little bit different? BIM has been a huge press in commercial construction side of things. Residential, I feel like in some ways we watch it leveraged every day on TV and we don't even know it, right? So we talked about kind of the Chip and Joanna gains, like the bit where Joanna's got the customer kind of across from her and she's she's maybe given options or she's letting them see, well, here's what we're going to do with the living room. Here's what we're going to do with the kitchen. Here's how we could frame this or we could frame it like that. 
And so there's like this visualization aspect of it that we watch kind of in a Hollywood format. Yeah. And there's huge use in that. And so I think in the residential side of things, it's been used for that visualization in a big way. The big push right now is trying to drive beyond just having a pretty picture and use the fact that models are, well, they're just data. I mean, when you think about it, all a model is, all a 3D rendering is, is a bunch of data that you've, you've told, I want, I want the computer to render this thing in this spot this way. Well, all of that's backed up by some information behind it. And the idea is to take all of that information and not allow it to just like escape off into thin air, but to use it and to build from it. Because I mean, information's king, right? If we've got the information, we can leverage that information. Well, that makes our costs go down and that makes our efficiencies go up and that makes potential problems go away. Conflicts are hashed out before we ever get to a site rather than just all of a sudden having two things bump into each other and, oh man, what are we going to do? And they're already out there and somebody's got to move, you know, type of thing. Well, if I can figure that out beforehand, I can save some coin on it. And so I believe that the residential market could benefit in a great way from going beyond just visualization and really getting into modeling the bricks and the sticks a little more mm-hmm. and leveraging the information that you get out of that in order to actually build a thing. Because that's the, that's the real thing that we want to be known for is not just being like 3D modelers or managers or whatever, but being builders. Mm-hmm. We, want to, we want that to kind of be where um, we have an identity and so we, yeah. we know how it goes together for real. Something that's worth noting too is, you know, if you're a builder, you're in a great position to learn how to model. Because like half of your battle is already fought. You've just got to learn how to use some of these softwares. And, you know, being able to step into that that area and just say, you know, all right, I'm going to have this many two by fours. I'm going to have this many bricks. I'm going to have approximately this much mortar that goes in between those bricks. I'm going to have, you can get down to the nail if you want to. I don't really know if there would be any benefit in that, but you could if, if you needed to. So if you put your builder hat on before you start building, all of the things that you deal with out in the field, all of the fires that you're fighting every single day, <laughs> literally and figuratively, I think, mm. <laughs> you know, you can start to mitigate some of that. You start to remove some of that from your life. It's hard to grapple with because it takes time to model this stuff. But it's kind of that slow down to speed up mentality. We're being the tortoise in some ways. We're slowing down so that ultimately we're going to give our client a better all, better overall product at the end of the day and more in budget than we would have had we just decided to go out and build this thing. Just, you know, all right, grab a butt ton of two by fours. Let's go. You've done your research. Yeah. I have a question. Can yeah, I, go for it. Am I allowed yeah. to ask questions the other direction? Yeah, you're really, you're really uh, going out on a limb there. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go for it, man. <laughs> All right. Have you ever had anybody on Builder Funnel that has talked about, you know, like panelizing walls and things like that? I don't think we have. I don't think we've gone into that specific level of detail. So, okay. Like just a little imagination here. Like imagine you're in a, subdivision and you're a residential builder and you're going to build 
you know, you can build 20 houses in this subdivision. You've got your different floor plans that you're going to run and you need to get out there in a quick clip. So instead of just like, you know, buying a pile of wood from your local building supply and then having your carpenters meet it out there, what you've decided to do is maybe like, I'm going to rent some warehouse space down the road. Or even a field. Or even a tent tent (laughs) or something dry, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to get in some controllable environment and I'm going to start, I'm going to go ahead and build these walls out like with sheathing on. Maybe I'm going to start putting some conduit in them. I'm going to, I'm going to start doing some things that I know I have to do already. Maybe I'm even going to get the thing partially wrapped. I'm going to put some windows in or whatever, whatever I think I can protect, whatever I think I can ship, depending on where I'm at, where it's got to go. So I start thinking through this process. And then when I get out there, instead of just putting, you know, the walls together, like on the subfloor, once I get that in, what I'm going to do is I'm going to systematize how I'm going to, I'm going to lift and pick like Lego and I'm going to put in, you know, large portions of floor at one time. I'm going to put in large portions of wall and I'm just going to start fitting the buildings up and build it more like a tinker toy, like, you know, a, uh, a Lincoln log or something like that, you know, BIM enables that. So that if you want to systematize the way that you put something together, you have to be able to visualize that. Putting it in 3D allows you to see it in 3D and have it in a virtual environment. And go, I know if I build it this long and then I can control my construction tolerances on site, and maybe build myself a little bit of latitude for adjustment in, I can take this stuff out in the field and I can knock it out in half the time. You know, I can build in a manufacturer, like in a control environment. And like, maybe I'm in Portland and rain really bothers the process. <laughs> well, maybe I can go build it somewhere that's dry. And then when I do get dry days, I'm like, hey, boom, hit the site. Everybody's out there and I'm rocking the walls out. There are people out there doing this all the time. People that are already grabbing this and using it as a way of gaining efficiency and getting an edge on their competition. Residential markets, to me, are ripe for this. In commercial construction, you've got to have like an edict from the king to be able to do any of this. In residential construction, you have the, the advantage of being agile. Mm-hmm. And especially if you're building on spec, if you're like building subdivisions or something of that nature, if you're design building, like you can call these shots and you don't quite have the red tape that commercial does. And so you can go out and do it and they don't mind if you've put that wall together somewhere else and shipped it out there. You don't have to necessarily call it anything special. You just had to plan it. BIM enables that. We get preachy on the using BIM for making the process better and actually building from it rather than just making a pretty picture you look at. The more time I spend in the marketing business, the more I realize that marketing isn't just about your website, signage, social media, and print collateral. Marketing really sits across every part of your business. It starts with your brand, your signs, your website, but it continues on through the sales process. How you present yourself and your company on a sales call incorporates marketing. And just as importantly, how you deliver your service to your client is marketing. The feelings that they have in the middle and the end of the project are big factors in determining whether they will spread the word about you. At the end of the day, marketing across the entire customer lifecycle is really tough. 
That's why I love what BuildBook is up to. They've been working hard to bridge those gaps and solve those problems. Their new tools start on the marketing side, continue into the sales conversation, and finish with the project. Get these three elements working together and your business will be humming along. Happy clients, more profits, less stress. If you're aiming for the trifecta of the construction business, head on over to buildbook.co to try it free for yourself. That's buildbook.co. All right, let's get back to the show. That's super cool. And yeah, triggered a few things in my mind. So I'm going to try to see if I can catch them all before I forget. But uh, (laughs) first one is it made me think you guys said, you know, spend more time up front planning, kind of, you know, go a little slower and then you can speed up once you get into the process. That always makes me think of, I don't know if you guys follow Jocko, but I think it's a Navy SEAL thing, but slow is smooth, smooth is fast. And so, Mm -hmm. yeah, I love that concept. And I think that's exactly what you guys are talking about, but it seems like there's two big buckets of benefits. The one is actually on just the process planning and production side where it can help, like you said, save time, save costs, but then on the differentiation side too, if when actually selling it, you know, if you're able to turn these things into a visual, like you mentioned Chip and Joanna. So maybe let's, let's uh, break those down a little bit. So let's jump back to the kind of the production process side of things. Is this the sort of thing where as you're building out these models and visuals that you can like, I thought the same thing before you jumped into it. It was like residential builders. Can I figure out like exactly how many nails are going to go into my, you know, floor plan A, floor plan B, and you know, all these types of things. And then, you know, kind of plan for those things. So I'd imagine like cost savings, is a is a huge area just in that alone and then time you said you know you kind of plan up front but then you can go faster if you see some of these opportunities like you said weather or whatever and you're able to do some pieces in a dry environment we had a guy on the podcast he was in remodeling he said he was able to get his business up to 40% net profit and the biggest reason was he worked on speed of moving through production and that's probably something not a lot of people think about. But I mean, if you can improve the speed of your production, your profitability is going to jump up. Are these the, yeah. like, how granular can we get here with this kind of... <laughs> this we can get pretty stuff? granular. Great example of this when you're talking about nails. For us, if we're detailing steel, we have it down to the bolt, man. Like we know how many bolts we have. Exactly. Uh, it's not a you know general number, but you know we do have a little bit more in our bolt list. So we'll add like 10% to our bolt list just in case somebody drops one, you know, things like crap happens. We know this, especially in the field. So that's a great little parallel is like, you know, yeah, you can get as granular as you want. There's a little bit of a, of a cost analysis that you have to do with that too, is like, how much benefit am I getting out of modeling every single one of these nails? Now, if you're doing this, if you're doing that same house 20 times, 30 times, 40 times, then it starts to stack up. It starts to make some sense. If you're only doing it once, eh, maybe, maybe. But you'll, you know, if you spend a week to get that done, eh, well, I don't think you're really saving that much. And especially if your time is very valuable, like most of most of the construction industries is. So yeah, we can get very, very granular with that. I think it makes a lot of sense to point at somebody that I think if you're in residential construction, you know the guy, but Norm Abrams, Mm -hmm. 
you watch the guy put together a piece of furniture and what does he do? He prototypes it. You know, he goes out, he gets the junk wood, not junk wood, but he gets the good enough wood. It's not the final product. And he builds it and he learns something. And it's usually if you're watching the show, he'll go back and reference the prototype and say, I built the prototype this way, but I noticed something and I'm going to build it different when I do it for real. So when I change to this wood, we're going to just make this little tweak. That's kind of the idea is like, you ought to have it down. If you've built it virtually, you ought to have it down to where, yes, you're going to optimize bidding because you know exactly how much material you have. Nobody's going to buffalo you on that. You should know more about your buildings, particularly as a GC or even as a subcontractor in your specific realm. You should know more about that than anybody else. This is going to hand you that information and your bidding should be very smart. You're not going to rely on anybody else to tell you what something's worth. You're going to know what it's worth. You're going to unitize your cost. You'll be able to reduce waste. You're going to be able to analyze and make your job safer. There are a lot of things that fall out of this, but all of that comes from the preparation, which is a lot like it's a virtual prototype of the building, just like Norm used to do. Now we're just doing it in 3D on a computer because we don't actually have to waste even the junk wood to do it now. And out of this flows bills of material. I mean, yeah, you want to know how much wood and how long it is? Here you go. I got a bill of material for you. You want to know what your hardware list is? Here you go. You want to know, I mean, it's whatever you put in is what you can get out. So, and as much as you invest in it, into it, you can count on getting those things back out of it. And that's the value. That's what you're going to get a value return on that. I would echo what Tyler said. You do have to analyze kind of that that return. And so you need to know what level of detail, which is kind of a BIM, that's BIM vernacular, but what LOD or level of detail you want to go to, to get the cost benefit you're looking for. So what are you after and how might it help? But I mean, even down to the shed I built in my backyard, I, I literally did put the shed together in 3D on the software. And then I sent my materialist out of that to my building supplier. And that's how I purchased. So I, I mean, I believe in it even down to the backyard project. Yeah, and our desk or our uh, conference room table here in our office, we actually detailed that in Tecla. <laughs> and the, the metal base was actually modeled out. And I was able to create shop drawings and send it out to a welder and say, make this. Honestly, I didn't even need to communicate with him. I was like, yeah, build it. And he was like, cool. He put it together. And then we had another buddy of ours who had some black walnut from our dad's farm. And uh, he put all that together in a really pretty tabletop at my specification. And we brought them all out, set them in place, and everything worked like just perfect. And it looks amazing. So yeah, it doesn't need to be a house project. Like if there's a really intricate detail in a house somewhere, let's say that you've got an entertainment center or some built-in cabinetry or something along those lines, you can easily model that. Get your material list together, figure out your dimensions, where you're going to have some issues. Man, yeah, it's, it's so beneficial just to take that extra time and figure that stuff out. Yeah, that's super cool. I think you guys are right. There's probably tons of opportunity in the residential space to be utilizing some of this. And to your point, maybe you don't go all the way to the super granular detail for everything. But I mean, there's a lot of people that could use big chunks of this. And 
you know, a lot of production builders, you know, they're doing 30, 60, 100 of the same types of homes every single year. And so for those guys, for sure. What are you guys seeing for opportunity on the sales side, just in terms of being able to utilize this when talking to a, you know, an end customer that's either looking at maybe doing custom home, they're going to buy a home or they're doing like huge addition or something like that. Let's, I mean, let's point at the experts here, right? I mean, let's look at Chip and Jojo, like (laughs) they're out there and they're modeling these kitchens that look beautiful. And like, they're not even, I don't think really going very granular, like going down to the nail or the stud or anything like that. But, you know, like Eddie said, you know, they're sitting there, they're, they're at the table, they're, they're talking through the process and, and, and the design of this little space with their client. They're selling them this idea. And the idea is kind of that story. So if you listen to Donald Miller, you're telling a story of like, you imagine that you know, the dinners that you'll have here in this kitchen and you pull on people's heartstrings. Great. Another kind of great example of this is my wife and I, my wife is not great at visualizing things at all. So if I want to do something to our house, I'll go model it and show it to her and she'll be, oh, okay, cool. Yes. I love that. That's amazing because I can sit there and explain it to her all day long, but just a little bit of time in a model I can show her exactly what I mean. You know, a picture is worth a thousand words. So from a marketing and sales point of view, oh my gosh, you're missing the boat if you're not stepping into this. And there's so many good, uh, easy tools that you can use like Lumion, like V-Ray. You'll spend a little bit of money on them and a little bit of time learning them, but they'll piggyback onto something like SketchUp and uh, you can take some amazing rendered shots and um, when I say rendering, it, it'll look a little bit different. It'll kind of have a little bit more texture to the photo, make it look a little re- more realistic. But yeah, there's so much. There's so much that you can pluck out of that model from a sales point of view. I want to define that a little bit. SketchUp was a software, really, that Google created. I believe. Yeah. I don't know yeah. if they created it, but at one point they did own it. And so, kind of the cost of entry in SketchUp is very low. It's easy to get into, mess around with. It's, it's actually free. Yeah, well... They, they have a free version online that right, you can play with. Right, and I'm, I'm speaking as much of that as it, I am just like learning it. Yeah. So yeah. you're not getting into some huge endeavor to try to learn this, mm-hmm. right? So they're kind of knocking the threshold down to get into it and making it a little easier, more attainable to get into. Like you can mess around with it until you get it type of thing. And so the SketchUp software is still, I mean, these aren't like stills. These aren't just photos. So a software like Lumion is like to give you that nice architectural rendering that is almost like photo real. SketchUp is, it's more sketchy looking and it's more there for you to get the idea, right? And so maybe less detail, but still allows you to kind of wheel around in 3D and see something and get the idea. And yeah, I could totally resonate with what Tyler's saying about his wife. Is like, I can't always visualize. 3D helps me to work through a problem. Yeah. 3D and, helps me to, to see something. And you guys have mentioned a few of these tools. Like, what, what do these tools run? Like, is it the V-Ray and Lumion? And yeah. Yeah. So, SketchUp, I want to say, is around 250 for the pro. And then I think you can play around with it on their website. Just look up SketchUp online version or something along those lines. 
and you should be able to find it. And then uh, V-Ray, I think, was around 300 to 400 bucks. And Lumion gets up there. That one's more like two grand, 1400 to two grand range. But yeah, so SketchUp's what you're going to use to model. Get the model there, make everything look nice, get it all in place. And then Lumion and V-Ray are two options. They're kind of competing options that you can use to take snapshots of the model, make them a little bit more pretty, things like that. Those are one-time charges or monthly? So SketchUp's a one-time charge, and so is Lumion and so is V-Ray. They might have a subscription service. I'm not really sure. I haven't looked in a minute. But I think you guys are right. You know, like talking about that visual aspect, I know my wife and I talk about that all the time. You know, it's like, I don't know how people remodel. Like, how do you have the vision for the, you know, but if somebody can show it to you, then you go, oh, okay, I, I can see see how that works. I think humans are just visual creatures. So even somebody that does kind of have that eye and they can imagine it, the visual element, like not, it's tough to replace that. And I think about too, the fact that not that many people are, doing this in residential. And so if you're the one guy that comes to the table and you have that, you know, if they go talk to one other company or another two other companies and they're not doing it, it's going to be easy to go with you because they can already see the future, you know, coming yeah. to reality. So I'll yeah. give a shout out here to one of our friends down in Australia, Marion Raphael. She runs one-to-one displays. Look him up on Instagram because great example of walking people around their house. They created an app and uh, personally, I haven't downloaded it yet, but I've seen them use it and it's amazing. You can load your model onto it, hold up an iPad. And if you're out on the site, you can literally just hold up the iPad and have them walk through their house. Kind of like a VR situation. They're not wearing goggles, but just holding up an iPad and seeing what their house looks like. If you did your work right and you know you put some color in there and they, you know put some furniture in which you can easily do from the SketchUp warehouse that's all pre-made stuff that you can just pop in again you can start to sell them on the idea and and also you can help eliminate issues further down the road if you model this for them and they go look at it and they say I don't want my refrigerator there that might be something to consider right or I don't want this island I don't want this. I don't want that. Or can we add one of these? You know, you can upsell some stuff too. So helping them have the vision is really what this is going to help you accomplish. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, guys, I got one last segment of the show for you. But before we get to that, if people want to learn more about you guys and what you're up to or connect with you online, what's the best place to do that? You can uh, check out our day job. It's at absi-bim.com. But if you want to listen to us riff on the commercial construction industry and talk about design and what we see every day, we have the Construction Brothers Podcast. You can just find us at brospodcast.com. And uh, we're also on Anchor and uh, iTunes and Spotify, anywhere you get your podcasts and all our social media channels as well. Cool, cool. Yeah. Yeah, we'll make sure to link those up in the show notes for everybody as well. And Yeah, last segment of the show I've got for you guys is called the Fast Five. So I'm going to hit you with Mm -hmm. five rapid fire questions. I think we'll go uh, Eddie, then Tyler. But if Eddie, you're thinking about your answer, then Tyler, you can go first. So we'll we'll Um, do it that way. But uh, so ready. I'm the slowest thinker on the planet. All right, all right. We'll switch it up. We'll we'll go Tyler, (laughs) then Eddie. We'll let Eddie think about it. Why'd you do that to me? First question is, uh, what is your favorite business book and why? 
Oh, Lord. I think uh, start with why. I think that's probably one of my favorites. And I, I feel like that's not very original, but it really had a good impact on me and uh, how we operate the business around here and how we communicate together. I am straight up just tripping, trying to figure out one. Like, uh, yeah, I, I was going through the Rolodex pretty hard just then. Well, I feel like I'm endorsing something, so this is not a fast <laughs> five at all. So. Well, I'll, t- I'll tell uh, my video guy to make it put it up as the slow five this time. And uh, That's true. This <laughs> slow five, maybe it should have been two. Yes. Uh, yeah. uh, I like leaders eat last. Uh, mm-hmm. It reflects on a lot of principles that I actually see and read in the Bible. And so love servant leadership. And I felt like that was what that really kind of brought out. So I'd have to go like strict business book. I really enjoyed Leaders Eat Last. Cool, cool. Yeah, those are both really good ones. All right. Who is the most inspirational person in your life? My wife. Wow, you're a suck up. Oh, yes. <laughs> now what's Eddie going to say? Wife. We'll just clip that and send her, it, send her that clip for you. Uh, That's an easy one, man. Yeah, I certainly, certainly my wife um, for people that I, I know, I have to say that as a, as a Christian, I got to throw Jesus in there. So I'm going to Jesus juke old Tyler over here. One up. Yeah. I'll go my wife and Jesus and I got to be better than you. I got some praying to do tonight. All right. Next question. Just took a a really bad religious and political turn. You turned that around. bro. I I feel, yeah, that's, that was good. I just dropped you. Yeah. Well, man, dang it. Like a he got you there. He got you there. All right. If you could have one <laughs> superpower, what would that be? Flying. I would want to fly. That would, yeah, that would be my thing. I went with invisibility, but you know, quite frankly, I enjoy being seen. That's just the narcissist in me. I'm just trying to kill time so you can figure out what you're going to say. <laughs> the time. The ability to silence a room full of children would be really nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first time that superpower has been mentioned, but that is an excellent, <laughs> that is an excellent one. <laughs> please tell, please, please tell why. I've got six kids. Yeah, so it's. I mean, I it would be you a had superpower. At least three, you know. So <laughs> it would be a superpower. So that would be mine. That's Sidebar though is that he does not have the most kids out of all three of us brothers. Uh, oh yeah, Andy yeah. has nine. So wow. We have a well, very loud Thanksgiving. Lots of Christmas. lots of kids in there. Your yeah. superpower, you could charge him to use it for his kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're awesome. onto a business model here. All right, <laughs> Tyler, uh, describe yourself in three words. Remember, it's the fast five. Fast oh, five. sweet lord! I was trying to figure <laughs> that out. I was the first thing that came to my mind. It's not three words, but just going through life, trying not to look too stupid. That's that's my personal mantra. <laughs> I'll give you like seven or eight words. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want three words fast. We've already, we've you, already broken I'll all the give rules you like for this segment. 20. I'll give you eight slow. <laughs> Who keeps the rules for this segment? You got to be quick on your feet here, man. You do. Jeez. Yeah. Well, we say 60 seconds in our, uh, in our soapbox. Our yeah, everybody everybody, everybody goes over 60 seconds. Hey, but we, we clocked mine. I think it was... What was it? It was right I, around 60. It was close. Yeah. It was close. <laughs> Did I'll a have to go back job. and listen. Yeah. Gosh, man. Come on, Eddie. Think. Describe yourself. 
It doesn't have to be uh, a three-word sentence. It could be three separate words, too. Right. So how about three things that, that matter a lot to me? Being faithful to tasks, being faithful to people. Integrity matters greatly to me. And like uh, four? I guess loyalty. That was like five. <laughs> Holy cow. Thanks for counting, right. man. Let's, let's finish strong here. Let's finish wow. strong. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Yeah, right. we're, yeah. We're yeah. limping over the line. Yeah. If you could leave our listeners with one piece of advice, what would that be? Oh, it's the megaphone question. It's the megaphone question. Oh no. You're up. Take time to encourage people. You know, we're not just building things. We're not just building houses. We're not just building, you know, commercial real estate, build people too. Like I think that goes hand in hand. Um, so take the time out of your day, write a freaking letter to somebody Tell them, thanks for being here. And just, it doesn't have to be anything crazy, but just encourage people as much as you can. It's good. Thanks. Yeah. I'm going to go a little more pragmatic uh, since you took kind of the emotional road there. <laughs> I'm going to say- it's The one-two um, punch. I'm yeah. a musician. I can't help it. <laughs> yeah. All right. So you pulled the heartstrings. Uh, I'm going to come at it from a little more of a business I also sample. play violin too, so- just, just there on that. Anyway, continue. Thank you. I would say, you know, enjoy, enjoy what you do. Enjoy building. You've asked us to come on here and kind of speak to BIM. And so uh, I would say that from a BIM aspect, what we really want to push is planning what you do to, to do it well, getting down to the nuts and bolts and as much as you can, trying to eliminate waste, trying to plan better, trying to buy better, trying to build more responsibly. That's kind of the crux behind what makes BIM a really, really solid tool. And so if you haven't gotten into it, research it, look at it, you know, learn about it, Google it, whatever, and try to figure out how you can use this to your good. Because especially as a residential builder, this is a big tip. I really do feel like this could change a business in a big way if leveraged well. Very cool. That That wasn't quick. (laughs) That's all right. I think we had we had already moved on from from that part of it. Uh, <laughs> we gave up halfway through. <laughs> you know, we we carved our own path today, so it's all good. Now, guys, this was a lot of fun. I I had a blast, and I think uh, you know this was a good like. There's some good angles here for people listening, and some good things for them to dig in, and and some real big value to be had. So I appreciate you guys coming on the show today. Thanks Always for having us. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed that conversation on planning and BIM and modeling and all that good stuff. As always, I know you're on the go, so let's pull out some takeaways, some things that you can put into action after listening to us ramble on this for about uh, 45 minutes or so. It's always important to take some action anytime you get some new knowledge. So a couple of things. First one is check out some of these software components here. They mentioned a few. We'll drop those in the show notes. But if you're not using these types of things, or maybe you're using some super lightweight planning tools, and maybe you could upgrade just a little bit, I think it's worth exploring. And then kind of as a, you know, part B to that as a takeaway is think about the few big kind of items or low hanging fruit in where this type of tech fits into your business. Does it add more value to the marketing and the sales process? Does it add more value to the production process? But if there are a couple of areas, think about what those areas are, find the right software for you, 
and then start leveraging those. Because even if, you know, if you're investing a couple hundred bucks or even a couple thousand bucks in this type of software, I mean, if it helps you close deals, uh, more deals because it helps separate you or you shave production costs, production time, it'll pay for itself in no time. I would just recommend getting out there, exploring this, trying a couple of different tools and then thinking about where the value it is is for your specific business and then apply it. Get out in front. You'll start to differentiate yourself and move your business ahead. So thanks again, guys, for listening. And we will see you next time on Builder Funnel Radio. Thanks again for listening, everybody. And as a quick reminder, text RADIO to 33777 for some free goodies as a thank you for listening to the show. And if you got some value from today's episode, I just ask that you leave us a quick review on iTunes. It really helps us spread the word and grow this awesome community of people who are working to improve their lives and their businesses. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on Builder Funnel Radio.